Innocent Man Part 5. Listen, I'm going to level with you. I'm, I'm really ill. So I've got Morrison back, and we we are going to finish this. I thought this was the last episode, and it isn't. <laughs> yeah, I really thought this was the last episode, and then I see number six, so I was like, oh. It's uh, it's the first time I've been back on Netflix for a long time because I got one of those uh, magic fire sticks. But I had to get a Netflix account again to watch this, and it's like Netflix is like it. It doesn't seem like encouragement. It just seems like it. It knows that people that watch these have a compulsion to complete things. After the end of the episode, it comes up and it just goes one more to go. <laughs> This is almost like Andy Kaufman-esque art. We've waited so long to get to the Danny Ward might be innocent episodes. <laughs> it's like our listeners know how it feels to wait for a, a post-conviction <laughs> appeal. I say I'm rough today. How are you doing today? Yeah, I'm good. I've had a horrendous day at work, but um, other than that, it was all right. Yeah. Uh, in and out of a hole that was filled up with sewage all day. <laughs> This is what I love about you. Like, how can you have more enthusiasm in life when you've had your day and my day is I've got a bit of a head cold? <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, because it's, I don't know, it's just well funny, isn't it? I kind of collect enthusiastic people as friends, enthusiastic psychos as friends. That's who stays within my remit. And I think I act as some form of Barney Gumble-esque inspiration for them to continue trying. Yeah, I mean, I do phone you up on the regular saying, oh my God, I've got into Hero Quest. <laughs> oh my God, I've got into mystery boxes. Oh yeah, yeah. Adam, Adam will find any kind of gambling that isn't straight gambling. His mystery shirts uh, addiction is legendary. Mystery shirts is actually decent because you actually get a shirt out of it. Now, the mystery palette is a different story altogether, and I would not recommend anybody doing that. Explain the mystery palette. I do remember the excitement of the mystery palette because... Uh... I found a website, and it was like, mystery palette, all returns to Amazon. And uh, it was, I don't know, 50 quid. No, was it 50 quid? Yeah, 50 quid. And was it kind of billed as, it could be 10 widescreen TVs, it's just whatever's on this palette, you get it sent to you? It could be anything, and it said a palette. So a palette, I was thinking... Yeah, I've done supermarket work, big, big, large things. Yeah, massive. Like The photos, it looks like Hoover's air fryers, the works. I mean, I was thinking... Well, at least I make my money back. If I sell something, I'll make my money back, so it's not all a loss. So I waited, what was it, six weeks for it to turn up from America? And all it was was two little boxes about the size of a small, I don't know, like a small bowl. And in it was a Haribo Teddy speaker, Bluetooth speaker, which was seven ninety nine brand new. <laughs> And then some like weird anime, like like Japanese octopus thing that glowed in the dark. That was one pound eighty nine, brand new. blowing fifty quid on it. I can't stress the six weeks of having Adam call me out of breath with excitement of. I think I'm getting six PS5s. You know, I I, I just think. It's going to be fucking amazing. To be fair, 
was crying with laughter. I couldn't breathe for about two hours. But the trouble is, I had told so many people that today, like the day that he was turning up, I was going, today's the day, my palate's turning up, and I was ready to leave work. Like, I sorted out my boss, I could have an early shoot to help unload the pallet. I get there, there's two tiny boxes on the doorstep. <laughs> so bad, no one even nicked them. I was such... Oh, mate, honestly. But, yeah, the mystery boxes, uh, the mystery football shirts are good. Also, the mystery um, sweets was good. Um, I've done some other mystery stuff, but I can't think what it is now. Oh, uh, mystery clothes, which wasn't... Mystery colognes. No, mystery clothes. <laughs> mystery colognes, that'd be great, wouldn't it? No, mystery clothes. Clothes, sorry, sorry, you got a bit of an accent. So I just ended up with about 18 Harley Davidson t-shirts that I'm never going <laughs> to wear. <laughs> I did get two NFL jerseys out of it, which was all right. So, But the thing is, like all the good stuff out of them boxes, the, uh, the, like, my daughter's nicked, so I ain't even got them anymore. So. Yeah, so basically, I'm going to try and just build up and gallop into a little bit of energy here. So what's happened with... With my days, basically. So I, I think I've mentioned on some of the ones out over the last year, we've um, uh, had a child, which is awesome. Uh, she's incredible. But we are remarkably uh, safety conscious with her would be a good way to describe it. So, for instance, uh, Izzy has a condition which is called a floppy larynx, which means when she cries, it sounds like her voice catches. Uh, the doctors told us, uh, don't Google it, which is awesome. <laughs> That's <laughs> <laughs> always best when the doctor says that. Yeah, no, thanks. I'm glad we waited for this fucking appointment now. <laughs> right, first off, uh, I, I, I go, I've got to be. I don't know who is ready for the emotions of being a parent, but I don't know. I, I, but I, I tell you this, I am not. <laughs> I am not ready for, like, just a million things. Since it was such a difficult to get to the the point, since we had some unsuccessful pregnancies and stuff, there were just things I never foresaw. And I am building up to a point of why I'm bringing this up in the context of the show as well, right? So, for instance, we had the first doctor's appointment we had because she was had reflux and she wasn't keeping the milk down in the opening weeks. Uh, we, yeah, we went to the doctors and it was the first time I'd saw someone put, is it a stethoscope with the monitor the heartbeat? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like the... the oh, no, yeah, so I don't know if it's a stethoscope, but I know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's the one, I mean, this sums up why it's, I'm now on a steep learning curve of being a parent, because to me it's like, do you know how the kids' toys to be play a doctor? They use one of those. <laughs> so the first, like, I never even envisaged that, so I have a panic attack the minute they put it on a heart, and I'm trying to read this woman's face that my child's heart's okay, because I just assumed it was. <laughs> like, <laughs> so... Since Izzy has this condition uh, that sometimes uh, it sometimes looks like she's choking and uh, you have to pick her up and she's fine and it writes itself, but there is a panic uh, whenever she goes through a developmental leap or phase that this then kicks in again. So each time it's happened more than once in a day, we then go a full 24 hours without sleep, monitoring around the clock, taking it in shifts to see her. And it's a bit like if someone in Star Trek or like or a sci-fi show invokes 
some ancient tribal combat. If you say, I'm worried about her choking, then you then both have to stand up because that's been invoked because you can't be the parent that says, I'll probably be fine and you'll never live with yourself. So today, when I've came down and I have a head cold, I am now back into the COVID days of I'm now no longer allowed near my child. (laughs) So because you phoned me up. You phoned me up and went, what's the rules on being with a baby with a head cold? And I was like, do you want me to tell you to isolate? (laughs) Because that was really the flourishing of our friendship. When I went into isolation and played nothing but football manager, and uh, by the end, I, I, I trapped my girlfriend the same way um, someone who's doing a long sentence in jail did. I was like, forget about me, okay? <laughs> Move on. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about me. Just forget. <laughs> Stop coming upstairs. I don't need the teas. I'll be fine. Just let me do my time. <laughs> Fulkily obrigante, but now I can't help. All right, there's fucking murder around the house. I'm just sat there, and my mother's my mother's brought round her COVID bug out bag, and my mum's got lung conditions and shit. So she's got a pink mask she never wore, and a necklace that says "I'm COVID exempt." (laughs) (laughs) You actually see it around in that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I put the I put the necklace on for a laugh, but around the the Ben and and KG, because I know fine well with the way Izzy's breathing is, if she catches whatever I've got, it's going to be like nothing but abject terror for however long. Yeah, yeah. It better to be safe than sorry, isn't it? And then I thought I had it bad, and then I remembered a young man called Danny Ward, <laughs> innocent man. Part five. Right, so it started off uh, Dennis Fritz and Ron Williamson got cleared, didn't they, from, with DNA testing? Yes, I would say that watching these, I don't think they were intended to be watched 16 months apart. No, but... I think they're meant to be watched back to back. But yeah, so they got cleared on DNA testing and they proved that Glenn Gore, without a shadow of a doubt, matched the DNA sample they took uh, from Deborah Carter's house. Yeah. Yeah, and of all the DNA that they had collected of Glenn Gore, the only thing they took was hair samples, and that is yeah. very important because I don't know if you remember when they went through the trial, you had the hair tester specialist who would tell you if the hairs looked similar or not. It wasn't a DNA test. Someone who said it microscopically looks similar. So basically, they probably convicted hundreds of people for just having air colour hair. Yeah, it was uh, it was ridiculous. And then what got me as well is they interviewed this Glenn Gore and he testified that both Dennis Fritz and Ron Williamson are in the uh, the coach line. They were the in night the pub, she, yeah. Yeah, so she, she got murdered. There's about, I don't know, what was it, 15 witness statements that said, no, uh, yeah, the last person seen alive was Glenn Gore. He was having a go at her in the car. It's been really aggressive. Don't worry about that, we won't investigate that, it's fine. Well, for me, it was the fact in his story, he included that Peggy, Peggy Carter, this one, wasn't it? This Denise Haraway's the other murder. Yeah, sorry, I don't so, know where I got Deborah from, but... No, no, it's... Oh, Peggy's the mum, isn't it? Yeah, so it's Debbie Carter. Yeah. There we go. Click, click, we've got that one to edit. All right, so, <laughs> so in the story, he told the police, he even included his own little moment of going... 
she tapped me on the shoulder and said, save me. And I wish I did now. Do you know what I mean? Like, he even el- yeah. added this weird element of, like, white nighty when he's the fucking murderer. It's, uh, I don't know, there's, there's something a little bit more psychotic about that. Yeah, that was, that's like, um, oh, I'll just throw in a couple of extra lines to double throw him off the set. Yeah. But then, and then what is even crazier, he was already this- in prison yep. for burglary, kidnapping, and shooting with intent. Heard about a DNA link, went out on a work crew. The foreman's corrupt, and this was like, Yeah, so it's only two rules be back by 4 30, and whatever you're into drugs, women, whatever I want to cut. And I was like, Yeah, all right. And then he, he just disappeared in the car. And just... This is the thing for me it's like that in itself, that two minutes of a documentary could be an hour and a half movie. The things that had to line up for A, the DNA to come in, B, for his name to pop up, C, for him to hear about it, and then D, for him to be in a car listening to the radio and able to drive away from a work detail that was bullshit. <laughs> like, that's incredible. It's ridiculous, isn't it? And then, what, he, didn't he hand himself into the sheriffs because he didn't want to go to the, the police department? He wanted to go to the sheriff's department. Yeah, yeah, you want to... So, and that... It was always a question to me when they were saying they were pinning it on Ron and Dennis Fitz, right? So when they're pinning it on him, I'm like, so why is the police helping these scumbags? You can understand if it's like the mayor's kid or the sheriff's kid. I've seen those kind of things happen. Why are they protecting these two crooks? And it turns out they all do drugs and sell drugs and shit together. That was the reason. So basically he thought he would be offed the moment they got them in the back of a squad car. So, uh, yeah, that it's just, like that was baffling to me. It was so baffling. I felt sorry for the mum, old Peggy, when she was like, um, I just wrote him a letter, I'm 75 now, we're in a wheelchair. I just want to know why. Like, I was like, oh, my God, Peggy, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> <laughs> As you're watching it in the bath. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I had to get... Right, honestly, do you know, right, so it's only an hour long. It took me about two hours to watch it because the kids kept coming down going, oh, do you want to see my new dance? I was like, oh, my God, please. I just want to watch this and get over and done with him. Uh, to be fair, the dance was pretty good. Like, if anybody's wondering, the dance was actually really good. It's like one of the new TikTok ones. I'm looking forward to those days. I'm, I'm, actually, I'm not wishing a minute away. I'm just very frustrated no. that I am just fucking useless around the house right now. For, like, Oh, wait, it don't go away. That will never go away. What? What? Me being useless around the house? Right. I get it all the time. Oh, you're you're just a waste of space. What do you actually do around here? I won't do nothing then. Let's see what happens. And that's not from the wife. That's from the kids. That's from the kids. I'm going to ask them to do the dishwasher. It's like, oh my God, you don't even do the dishwasher. Why are you not doing the dishwasher? Just get up and do the dishwasher. I'm like, do you want to get your nails done or what? Do the dishwasher. (laughs) So I got a bit of stress uh, over that over the last couple of days. Yeah, we um, we have flirted with an idea of doing a podcast called ADH Dads, but uh, <laughs> Isabel became came a week early, so we missed it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they ruined everything, didn't they? Do you know, just to, just from talking about uh, the early days, I think I've still got PTSD when we're worrying about uh, keeping weight down and stuff like that. Do you guys, obviously, use most of it, it's not a new thing, have the health visitors 
come round? When you have the Ben, or were you back in work? Um, well, I took the first two weeks off. Uh, I did everything so she could recover. And then I, when I went back to work, so I don't know if she came round in the first two weeks because I was like, uh, you know, when you're so tired, you do yeah. not know what's going on. That's what I was like for two weeks. I honestly thought I was going to die at one point. I was so tired. Um, but I'm guessing we must have had an elf visit around, yeah. Right, I think we were on an extra fucking bunch of them because of the weight loss, like they're not retaining the birth weight. But uh, you'd be sat there and it'd be like, I mean, again, I've lived away from the Northeast for so long. I do find the accent hilarious now when I come back because it's always just been a caricature to me since I was 18. So there'll be like a woman sitting there going, Yee, isn't she a proper lush? Look at that hair. Has she had an AIDS test? <laughs> and you'd be like, you fucking what? <laughs> oh, mate. I'll tell you what's horrible. I'll tell you what's horrible. When, like, so I took my eldest daughter to the hospital where she had her appendix out and uh, sitting in there with the nurse and that and the nurse is going, are you in a sexual relationship? And I was like, oh my God. And I was like, you've got to tell the truth. Oh, honestly, I was nearly throwing up. I couldn't handle it. And then... Um, and you're right. Well, in the end, I've got three kids, so kind of. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jesus Christ. Yeah, but some of the stuff, man, with kids is, is, is well funny. I'm honestly loving it. It's just, again, like, I've got a cold and I'm worried that, like, that I'm the sneeze that's going to be what fucking ruins everything. I remember when, um, remember swine flu? When was that, 2008? Uh, that was, I want to say, the World Cup we lost to Germany. That was the January of that, because there was the swine flu in the January, and then the cases spiked again in the summer. Yeah, so I think, oh, eight? Uh, I want to say oh, 09 or, or 10. Yeah, oh, around that time anyway. Yeah, me and uh, me and the wife got swine flu. I brought it home from working at a college, and we had to get rid of the kids for two weeks. It would have been absolute bliss, but we was dying. <laughs> swine <laughs> flu swine knocked flu. me on my ass. Like, I, yeah. I remember that. That was uh, that was proper. That well, I I was working in a bingo hall at the time, and due to the elderly customers, if you had any suspect of swine flu, you weren't allowed to go to work, and that really came some boy who cried wolf game of chicken between me and the lady <laughs> on the end of the phone. I could risk it, Sharon, but my knees are hurting, my nose is full, you know. I think that's why I'm over... I'm not over-egging it, but I'm just so conscious of i've lied so often in my life about being ill to get out of responsibilities and this isn't a one i'm trying to get out of that yeah. like, oh, yeah, i am actually ill <laughs> are you been putting on the ill voice to make it out that you're double ill no i'm just like i've got a full nose it's like you say it's just like a head cold that's that's pretty much all i've got but i know with the way izzy breathes it's gonna be like uh, that's us not sleeping for four or five days until we make sure yeah. she's past this or buy the new Amazon mucus sucker, which you stick on their nose. And <laughs> it promises that on setting two to three, don't put it on setting five. We'll... Have you got one of them? Uh, they exist. It's been Googled. Oh, my God. I always 
wanted one of them. Uh, well, the one you stick up the nose, you squeeze it, and all the bogeys come out. No, that's something else. My dad uses that. It's one of the most disgusting. It's like it's like a disgusting fountain. Oh yeah, I've always wanted to go on one of them. Get him to send me the link for that. Yeah, I will do. Where? One second, right? And then we will get back to the podcast. But I have misplaced yeah. my vape oil, and that is my patience waning. Found it. <laughs> Trust me, we would not be starting back up if I hadn't. I want to see you like Father Jack with a hundred vapes in your mouth. Oh, that's um, Larry's house. Larry's got like, he doesn't leave the house about three in case one runs out. And if mine runs out, he's just like, you're not going to back up. <laughs> like, like it, it's like he respond. If I, if my vape pen runs out, he will talk to me the same way my dad would talk to me if I don't get my bin out on time. Oh my God. Right. So as we were talking about Debbie Carter's man, Peggy, it's, it's her getting caught up on the fact that I think the thing he finally killed her with was the electric blanket cord, and she had bought her the electric blanket. So it's just an, it's an extra thing she can beat herself up about. Yeah, and the cowboy belt. That's right. She was laying on... There was something to do with a cowboy belt. She was laying on it, I think, or something, and it was two things that she got her. I think it was the only two things that she bought her. Oof. Yeah, it's pretty dark, that one, isn't it? Well, this is why we keep jumping off, really, for for points of hopeful humour, and it's yeah. I I I know you can't see this through the medium of podcast, but Adam's a six foot eight giant bald guy with a beard, and he's currently shirtless. So <laughs> it's because it's so hot. It, he's doing it in his shed, so it does look like I'm talking to like a buffalo bill right now. <laughs> <laughs> Or it gets the hose again. <laughs> Why were you lit? I'd fuck me. <laughs> right, scariest character in any movie, that bloke. That bloke is a serious, scary character. I put the lotion back in the basket. <laughs> Where's the butterflies I ordered to do? <laughs> don't come in, I'm getting dressed. Leave me alone, don't come in. <laughs> I'll move the mattress, but I don't want you looking in the well for six weeks. All right, that's me rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't want to paint it. You said the basement was mine. I don't want to paint it in wallpaper. You know, to catch back up on these podcasts, I listened to the previous episodes and I, f- I heard the first one I did with Matt and you could tell this broke him. <laughs> There's a moment. <laughs> There's a moment there was actually an actual break in him when I said, no, we're doing all of them. He's like, he, 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 re- he rewired, you know, like the robots and aliens. Yeah. <laughs> This is a genuine great pick. I this is a well. They now I think it's paused. I hope it's paused. If the Patreon isn't paused, please let me know and I'll start chasing that up. That wasn't my side of things, but um, yeah, this is this is bleak. All right, so the whole him getting out of jail. Like there could have been so much more on that, but nope. It's it kind of it, it it moves along at a decent pace, and we find out about Ron Williamson, the angriest man you've ever seen. It doesn't go well for him after prison. Well, uh, does, is it Ron William, 
Robinson that drinks himself to death in five years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was five days away from being executed, and they, no one helped him on the outside. Uh, like when he came out, no like uh, professionals, and he he said, didn't he? I'll drink myself to death in five years, and that's what he did. And in Fritz as well, he done twelve years. And it had a car crash, and now it's absolutely knackered with dementia and that. Yeah, he became a lecturer. He wrote a book about forced confessions and, and the justice and the appellate system. Yeah. And then he went round, and then again, just terrible, terrible fucking look. He just, yeah, car crash, head-on collision, post-traumatic brain trauma. And then his daughter now looks after him. He's moved in with her. Yeah, you know, is, but what, it's that thing you say when it keeps cutting back to when they ask Ron how far was he from the death sentence, the way he says five days is if that was an action movie, right? It's the line where someone responds to like the high school jock and the high school jock realizes they're fucking with someone they shouldn't be fucking with. Yeah. It's just the coolness of how long were you? Five days. Mm. Yeah. Five days. Oh, man. Yeah, that. that- that got me that bit actually. I practice, and I mean practice, trying to get the idiolect right for that kind of tone of voice in case it ever has to be used. Yeah. Like, Rick, how long until you think you can change your nappy again? Five days. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, five years. Um, <laughs> now, this is why I got confused. Like, because then it just started throwing in about 30,000 million different people. Well, for different people. Well, we we see more and more of the people working on the appeal because there's so yeah. many cases in the Glengore one when they they have two different statements. The second one is different, and Glengore later says that they made him say these things in the second one, and the second one doesn't have a date, time, or signature on it. It's all just very moody shit, and it becomes an, it's an, an interesting way they do it because... Making a murderer season two, the same thing happens. So if you imagine the investigators, they collect all the evidence, all the statements, all everything they could use or do not, and it's in something called discovery. Sculptory evidence, I think, is what it is. And you have your lawyers then get to go through it. Now, this would have been difficult because Ron Williamson's court-appointed lawyer was fucking blind, and I don't think they put it in Braille for him. But what they do is they they bury key evidence, and they just, like, they just dump it in a box. It's like, what are my houses before I move out? Uh, that before I move house. I don't have multiple houses, but by the time I've moved house, I've got... Basically, I've got a box with an envelope that says student loan company on it and it's never been opened and if it is it'll be like Jumanji <laughs> so in making a murderer they do the same so the evidence is there but if you remember you have to pay a lawyer by six minute increments and any resources they use also along with investigators along with the uh, what the paralegals going through the shit they all need to be paid too so in order to go through and just fine-tune everything that you get sent, it stuff gets missed. So they may have the evidence. Like they when this when the I want to say the Innocence Project, or I think it was Ron's appeals go through it, they discover all of this shit about Glenn Gore and go, this is not comfortable. And when you take a look at the Daddy Ward uh Fontaine case, there's a lot of similarities that happened there as well. Yeah, it was um 
not to mention eyewitness statements saying Glenn goes arguing with Debbie in the parking lot. It's it's disgusting. It honestly is. They showed a comparison to what the defence lawyers had, which was like the size of the instruction manual for your Amazon Fire Kindle stick, fire stick. And then what the police actually had, and it was like war and peace. It was like the size, the amount of paper, it was it was ridiculous. It was like putting the shard up against a ground floor flat. Do you know what I mean? It was uh, it was ridiculous. Oh, and Glenn Gore said that if he didn't make the statements, they would find his fingerprints at the crime scene, which is funny because they would have actually found his fingerprints at the fucking crime yeah. scene. Yeah, and then what? what uh, and then they come on. Oh, and then they started talking about um, Billy Charlie and Jim Bobber Howard. Yeah. After that bit. Yeah, 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 we're on track there, so... But, and then they go and see, like, some people that they used to hang about with and stuff like that, and Billy Charlie and Jim Bob Howard used to run together, didn't they, and uh, rob, rob places and stuff. And they look so much like their pictures as well. They look a yeah, lot like, like their ridiculous. pictures. And this is when they're coming in, and this is when they've killed Denise. Is this Denise that's in the, the shop? Yeah, this is Denise Haywood. I mean, they, Billy Charlie, someone went to the police and went, I think it was definitely him because he's wild enough to go and murder a store clerk. And then Jim Bob Howard was reported to have told someone, I can't go back to Ada to see my ill mum because I shot and killed a store clerk. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty damning evidence. <laughs> But the thing is, uh, even Billy Charlie's mum and dad were heard on a CB radio going, when I heard the police description of the truck, going, oh my God, that's our Billy Charlie's pickup. And everybody knew it was Billy Charlie's pickup. And this next, this next little interview is one of the most heartbreaking things you've ever seen, right? Because there's a story about the two guys. And everyone knows each other. It's a small town. Everyone's in each other's business. Jim Bob and Billy Charlie, down on their luck, they're completely broke. So this nice guy who's telling the story says, tell you what, guys, here's 20 bucks each in the bar. Go and enjoy yourselves tonight. And then at the end of the night, they come up and go, and they can't get into Jim Bob's car. So he goes out. They dunk him over the head with a hammer. And now he's he's clearly brain damaged, the way he talks and things like that. He Almost flatlined. Uh, was it? They almost flatlined him because yeah. of his yeah, yeah. swelling on the brain. But then it started to come down. And you're like, these people are just animals, man. He's just helped you out, and you've just done him over the head. That's fucking heart wrenching. That when you see him and he's yeah, looking at it, helps. and you can. It's the line that his missus says to him. Says, "When you come back to us, you'll see that it looks like him." Because you can tell his brain just clicks out and doesn't yeah. concentrate, and he's. Uh, again, that's that's someone you, you give forty bucks to them to go and have a good night, and then because he showed that kindness, then they smash his head in and take more money off him. Like, yeah, it's just it's just pure scumbag. It's just pure scumbag. Now, I don't think there's any other word for it. And then there was Floyd DeGrew, who's the third suspect, who was convicted of I want to say sexual assault two nights after Denise Hairway went missing. He was arrested in Texas for kidnap and rape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, and, and murder, yeah. No, no, he was just kidnapped. He kidnapped and raped and sexual assault in Texas. Then they found two IDs in his car from Ada, 
where the two young girls were murdered. Fuck. And the police, and they told the police in Ada, and the police were like, nah, it's probably got nothing to do with us. <laughs> it's like, just completely disregarded it. It's disgusting. It, it, it is. And then we meet Johnny Daniels again. I think he's been in it once or twice before, but Johnny Daniels is in the car. So you've got the leading for Chrissy, the, the, the reporter, who's really chasing the lead on this one. And he goes, I'm a guy who can find people for you. And he's basically driving around the trailer park trying to get the three suspects to come and talk to the reporter. Oh, yeah. He phones up his mate, doesn't he? He's going, yeah, I know where it is. I know where it is. Yeah, mate, where's the trailer? What one is it? (laughs) (laughs) I'll get him to talk to you. Young Kenny from Phoenix Nights is all I think of when I see him. I'm very friendly of the SAS. You see, you're not, Kenny. (laughs) (laughs) But what I liked is that uh, they went to Jim Bob Howard's for house first. And he was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get him to talk. Went there, do you want to talk? I said no, by the way. And then that, and that was it. All right, don't worry about it. It's when he gets Billy Charlie on the phone, goes, hey, do you want to come and talk to this reporter and clear your name? goes, I ain't the one in jail. <laughs> My name is fucking clean. <laughs> yeah, that just proper goes off on one. Gets proper irate. I think that might be, no, and then he gets DeGraw on the phone as well. No, she gets DeGraw oh. on the phone. Yeah, wait, wait, go back, go back, because I really like the bit when they're driving away, and he's got uh, Johnny. Da- she's got Johnny Daniels in the car, and they're chatting, and she just goes, "And I don't want to throw another innocent man under the bus." <laughs> I, mean, I was like, "Yeah, she's got the title of the show in it finally." <laughs> I didn't even click to that. That's brilliant. No. I, I, I had to rewind it to double check. And she does say it when they're on the drive back from Billy Ch- I want to say Billy Charlie's. It's like if Robert Durst had turned around and went, I guess I'm a jinx. <laughs> and then the, the PAs start high-fiving each other. <laughs> We've got with trailer. We've got with fucking trailer. But for me, it really, I was like, yeah, she knows what she's called in this show. Do you know what I mean? It's not like it's they filmed it and then like, what are we going to call it? She knows it's called The Innocent Man. So they get John DeGraw on the phone. Yeah. She does in a safe space. I was more comfortable with her doing it from a hotel room than driving around with Johnny Daniels. And I think DeGraw's in jail anyway, if I'll pull Yes, I think he is, yeah. And he says, um, he... He's he's a bit weird with it because he goes, I got nothing to lose. I'd be honest about it, you know what I mean. But um, yeah, I think he did it. <laughs> he's like, no, no, I think. I mean, are you sure they didn't? Because you want to be sure. Because if they get out and they do something, that's on you. And I was like, you've been in jail for fifteen years. You've still got that level of manipulation and putting a little bit of fear and guilt into a fucking person trying yeah. to do a good thing. I think anyway. I think like I, th- I'm assuming due to it being called the innocent man that he's going to be innocent. But at the point of the end of episode five, he is still in jail and he still hasn't had his first post-conviction appeal. So I'm I'm actually very much looking forward to part six and seeing how that. What I did find interesting is the woman was like, Ada has a very bad reputation convicting the wrong people and I just thought Ada is not the place 
not to commit crimes. Do you know what I mean? If you're going to go in Ada, you're better off fucking robbing a bank or beating someone up. You can't just drive through there because you get yeah, arrested. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you got to do a bit of crime. Especially of our look, bald and a beard. I think I think there'd be a few people worried if we committed a crime over there. It's re- apparently it's, it was renowned for uh, convicting the wrong people. Well, it was in the previous episode that Bill Peterson's like screaming at the fucking reporter to change her story to go back on the stand and intimidating her and things like that. It's like these small towns and the police and the shit they got away with. It's um, yeah, I'm I'm looking. For, I'm very much hoping for a very good resolution to this one. I, although there has been an expanse yeah. of time between episodes, I'm looking forward to the. Oh, I'm, hoping, to just, one I'm hoping it's Johnny Daniels. Do you know what I mean? I'm hoping it's Johnny Daniels now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I can fix it. Hey, do you want to clear your name? Hold up a minute, it was me. <laughs> I know where the bodies are. What? Nothing. Don't worry. Yeah, I am, I am enjoying it. Um, I probably would have enjoyed it a lot more if we didn't leave it 14 years yeah. between uh, the last, the previous four episodes. Yeah, it's, it's lovely to be watching documentaries again. Um, this is, this is a bit yeah, of a I've really enjoyed it. I've enjoyed coming back and talking about it. That's what I like. That's what I like about Johnny Daniels. He reminds me of Johnny Dogs from Peaky Blinders. Johnny Dogs is absolutely everywhere. He's he's the most underrated character of all time. I have an intricate plan to stop the King of England from invading France. What Johnny Dogs is going to hide in his boot and hit him in the back of the head of a spanner. After that, there will be a letter sent. <laughs> it's just everything. There's a there's a cross Atlantic drug deal assassination involving the Nazi party. Johnny Dogs is going to stow away on the boat. <laughs> What's wrong for dinner? I've got a plan in motion. Johnny Dogs has gone to the Chinese. He's coming back. <laughs> Tommy, why don't you tell me anything, Tommy? Johnny Dogs is in position. <laughs> I don't want to be angry anymore, Tommy. <laughs> We're all going out for a beer Friday night. Johnny Dogs is at the bar getting the first round. <laughs> don't worry, I'll pay for the taxi. <laughs> After the appetizers, I'll excuse myself. Johnny Dobbs will jump out of the window. You run out of Johnny Dogs. You will have to spend six months in jail. You will be about to be hung for state uh, crimes against the state. But then, on the fourteenth of June, before noon, Johnny Dogs will do something with uh, oh, a Oh, yeah, you're right. <laughs> All right, that one drilled off, but that yeah, I, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that. Is, it's only when you make because I, I didn't really like Peaky Blinders. It's only when you mention Johnny Dogs, I'm like, yeah, he is a great character. Just involved with. We've we've really. I just because I can. I, since I've been in writers' rooms and I know how um, flimsy yeah. justifications are to do things within a story. I've I've been a part of nothing. Uh, a little bit on the QT. If there's ever a cartoon called <laughs> Butthole Biscuits, I had a hand in that. <laughs> I didn't choose the title, and I don't get to be named in the credits. But there's. <laughs> on a bleak evening, that script was passed through my email box uh, for one of the episodes. I don't take credits for the other ones. But, um, yeah, so I just mean in terms of being in and around that, just the idea of writers sitting around going, all right, so he's got three countries after him. He's penned in. they got guns at his head. How is he going to get around it? I know. What? 
Johnny Dogs is in the pantry. We forgot to give him any other lines. We've done nothing else with him all series. No one's expected to be the Dogs Man again. What programs would be better with a Johnny Dogs in? Lost for a start. What did them numbers make? Johnny Dogs is up. <laughs> <laughs> We've been on this island for six years. Johnny Dogs has been waiting with a plane patiently for six and a half years for us to Amscray <laughs> off the island. Once we've let them know, what oh, I can't remember the company. Oh, God, that was a terrible show, that was. I couldn't even get into that. I, d- I didn't get past season three or four, and I always said, I'll just watch the last episode, and I couldn't make sense of the last episode. I watched the first series, and then got into the second, I was like, well, this is Pony, and that was it, and never watched it, and I know people that stuck with it, stuck with it, stuck with it. And they thought that was really clever because they understood it. And it was like, not like it was like, well, hard to get or whatever, but they were just so disappointed at the end. It's the most elegant review I've ever heard, Adam. Uh, <laughs> yeah, they think they're, they think they're proper clever and that, like, aren't oh, no, they? But they're probably just dicks because I didn't know what to say. Yeah. Um, so what was I going to say? The thing is, I've lost is it was the first thing that really, it was one of the first big shows that was just, it was all unanswered questions. And including, like I say, the writers didn't know the ending to it. So they just, and I remember there was a season when they went, it started off, they were off the island. And then I went, we have to get back to the island. Like, no, you don't. In no circumstances, do you have to go back to the fucking island? If you if you look at the ratings, we really need to go back to the fucking <laughs> island. <laughs> but, uh, think of these ratings. Thank you very much for listening, thank Adam. Much, thank you everybody. once again for being a part of this. I'm going to go and sit in the corner wearing a mask and gloves and watching my girlfriend sigh at not be not helping with the baby for a, a couple of days, and we'll get this out soon and more more episodes to come and i can't stress enough please try the puzzle on the instagram i really thought that would go well and yeah Cheers, thank, thank you again for listening do you have anything to plug by the way no i didn't think so good night ladies and gents <laughs>